reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, into the district of the Ten Cities. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. Jesus took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Epfatha, which means be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished and said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the dumb speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Wednesday I had a funeral at a Spiritu Santu parish, which at which I was assigned between 2000 and 2003. As I was waiting uh, for the pastor there to come on in, I was vested. The two altar servers came from the parish school. And I was delighted that one of the two altar servers was a girl I had baptized there several, almost a decade ago. She came on in. I recognized her from her family. I started to talk to her. And I said, it was you that your mom spoke to me at the end of that baptismal ceremony, saying to me something that I had never forgotten. Those baptisms were in Portuguese. There were five or six totally crying kids. It was a chaotic scene. And some of those times it is hard to pay attention when you can't even hear yourself speak because of all the powerful little lungs all screaming in unison. And most lay people aren't going to know this, but there are in, in the book of the rite of baptism two different rites, one for a single baby and the other for a group of babies. And I didn't know up until that time that in the rite of the baptism of multiple children, a few of the things that are in the rite of the baptized, baptism of a single children don't appear. And one of them was the blessing actually over the ears and the mouth. So both because I was assiduously following the rite in Portuguese, as well as trying to just concentrate on making sure that I would do the things validly, I totally forgot that prayer. So at the end of the baptismal ceremony, this young altar girl's mother, Diane, comes to me and says, you know, Father, thank you. It was very beautiful and everything, but you forgot to bless the ears and the mouth. And I looked at the right, and it wasn't even in the right, and I couldn't figure out why it wasn't in the right, and I figured out the reason later. I said, but don't worry, Diane. I'll do so now. So I went over to this little girl, Katrina, and at the time, I did the prayer over her ears and her lips. And what is that prayer? It's based on today's gospel. The Lord Jesus made the deaf hear and the dumb speak. May he soon touch your ears to receive his word and your mouth 
to proclaim his faith to the praise and glory of God the Father. What's that baptismal rite all about? That we are all born spiritual deaf mutes, just like this man in the Decapolis. That we need the Lord's healing touch so that we might use our ears and our lips for what their fundamental purpose is. The fundamental reason why we have ears is not so that we can plug iPod buds into it and listen to rap music. The fundamental reason why we have mouths is not so that we can eat or kiss or gossip fundamental reason why we have ears is to hear God's word. fundamental reason we have lips is to proclaim faith in him to his praise and glory. And so I asked little Katrina, do you remember that prayer? She says, no, Father, I was too young to remember that prayer. I said, well, my question is, did it work? She said, I think so. I said, so tell me, do you, how do you hear God's word? How do you proclaim his faith to the praise and glory of God the Father? She actually is a good kid, and she does do both of those things, and she tries very hard. But the same question would be to all of us. On the day of our baptism, those prayers were said. Are we using our ears to hear the Lord's word? Are we using our mouth to proclaim his faith? Or are we abusing these two great gifts and hijacking their purpose for something else far less important. That's what this reading is about. In order for us to hear the Lord's words, though, we need not merely to be able to capture sound. We need to have hearts that absorb what we hear. The great Psalm 95 that the church prays every morning is, if today you hear the Lord's voice, harden not your hearts. We need to have hearts open to the Lord. Today, the Lord says to us in the responsorial psalm, I am the Lord your God. Hear my voice. And later, God complains. My people did not hear my voice because they didn't obey me. I gave them up to the hardness of hearts because they walked according to their own counsels rather than the ones I was telling them through their ears. And he said, if only my people would hear me, if only they'd walk in my ways. We need constantly to reflect on whether our heart <coughs> hungers to hear that word of God, whether we seek to live in accordance with that wisdom. Today we celebrate the feast of Saint Scholastica, who teaches us how to do this. She was so hungry for the Lord's words that she followed her brother who founded the first monasteries in Western Christianity. She founded the monasteries for women. Benedict would visit his sister once a year and three days before she would die, Benedict did know she would die and it didn't seem that St. Scholastica knew either. Benedict came down to pay his annual visit. But as part of the Benedictine rule, you were also always supposed to sleep in the monastery unless you were on official business outside the monastery for which you would need to have the abbot's permission. And as it was getting late, Benedict said to his sister Scholastica he had to go. 
And she begged him to stay. Begged him to talk a little bit more about the joy of the blessed in heaven. To talk a little bit more about what it would be like to see the Lord. To hear him. To be in his presence. And Benedict said, Sister, listen, as much as I love you, I can't do something on the basis of human affection. I've got to treat you the same way I would treat everybody else. And so, no, I've got to leave. At which point, St. Scholastica put her head down, folded her hands, and started to pray. Immediately as she was praying, lightning started to strike across the sky. There were massive rolls of thunder, and then a totally torrential downpour. Benedict knew exactly what had occurred, and said to St. Scholastica in one of my favorite lines in all of hagiography, Sister, what have you done? And St. Scholastica turned to him and said, I asked you, and you said no. I asked God, and he said yes. Why don't you try to go home with your brothers now? They stayed the whole night conversing about God because she had that deep hunger to hear about God. Great hunger. Not just to hear in church, but to hear others speak about God. Benedict and his fellow monks went home the next day, and three days later, St. Scholastica died with that great hunger for heaven to hear God's voice, to see him face to face, to be in his presence. That's the way she lived on earth. That's the way she continues to live now in heaven. If we wish to see God face to face, if we wish to hear his voice then in heaven, now's the time for us to start making and living by those priorities. The day of our baptism, our ears were opened. Our mouths were opened. And now is the time for us to start to use them for their purpose. I always love how hard Jesus tries to get people to not spread the word about the miracles he had done so that people wouldn't just relate to him as a cheap doctor, but rather as the savior of their souls. And as much as he continued to tell the people there in the Decapolis not to tell anyone, the more they proclaimed it, he couldn't even stop them. They just had to tell others. They said in one of the most beautiful lines of sacred scripture, which we should always think about in our relationship with the Lord Jesus, Omnia bene feci. He has done all things well. They were fascinated by just all that the Lord had done, made even the deaf hear and the dumb speak. And he did this in pagan territory. And the pagans couldn't stop talking about how Jesus did all things well. If the pagans couldn't stop talking about Jesus, even when he forbade them not to, how much more should we be describing how Jesus continues to do all things well? When Jesus has not commanded us to keep our traps shut, but rather to go to the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature alive. Ep Fatva.